right, hello and welcome back to another episode of The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle, and today's episode is just six letters, NFL MVP. I'm joined live right now by Alex Cohen, our weekly football insider. AC, are you ready to bring the heat today? What's up? How are you doing? Let's get it. I can't wait. More NFL talk. Can't wait to keep doing it all season. This is the perfect time to talk MVP while the odds are where they should be. Let's get after it. Okay, so the first thing I did, Alex, was I sent you an email a few nights ago with just a bunch of general handicapping history of the award, and that's kind of where I want to start. I want to look at the last 15 years of MVP winners to help us forecast what is the like criteria for this award, right? So the number one general rule of thumb I sent you was NFL MVPs are quarterbacks from winning teams. 14 of the last 15 years have been quarterbacks. The only one non-quarterback was Adrian Peterson in 2012. Shortly after that ACL injury, less than a year, over 2,000 yards. He was just absolute beast. I don't really think there's a player like AP. Seven yards short, I believe. Seven yards short, I believe, of the record of the season rushing when he uh, when he got taken out of the game. I think he's seven yards short of the all-time record. Yeah. So unless we're getting an all-time record, which maybe we will discuss later, Derrick Henry was on pace for it last year before he got hurt. But again, it's generally a quarterback from a winning team. Rodgers last year, thirteen wins, one seed. The year before, I'm going. I'm going to go over the last probably. I'll go back to 2013 and just read off the winners. Rodgers, 13 wins, one seed. Rodgers, 13 wins, two seed. Lamar, 14 wins, one seed. Mahomes, 12 wins, one seed. Brady, 13 wins, one seed. Matt Ryan, 11 wins and a two seed. Cam Newton, 15 wins and a one seed. Rodgers again, 12 wins and a two seed. And 2013 was Peyton Manning's last last time to do it, even though he has five of them total, where he had 13 wins and a one seed. My first question to you, Alex, is it safe to say when we start handicapping this, we're looking from a quarterback on a team that's going to win 12 plus games this season? Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to argue anything else. It's just math. I, I mean, it's a the most biggest cliche to say is it's a quarterback-driven league, right? But it's not just a quarterback-driven league. Unless you're breaking all-time records or close to it, it's the quarterback who's leading his team to close to a conference, you know, best record. And, you know, like you said, the absolute definitiveness of who's won the MVP over the last 15 seasons just proves it. So, you know, if you're taking anything otherwise, it's a flyer, so... You know, it's just the fact of the matter. Yep. The only player on the field that the ball touches their hands on damn near every play, unless it's some gadget play, is the quarterback. So there is a high correlation to them winning the MVP for obvious reason. Alex, the general rule of thumb number two I sent you was that voters are not concerned with previous winners. We have Rodgers has won the last two, and he has four total. Brady has three. Like I just said, Manning has five. But then I ask myself this question, since Rodgers has won the last two seasons in a row, has anyone done it three times in a row? And do we think there's like kind of less voter incentive for Rodgers this year for the third time in a row? So has it been done before? And the answer is yes. One time in history by Brett Favre, 
it's funny that it's another Packers quarterback. He did it in 95, 96, 97. But to me, it kind of just seems unlikely that voters would do this again, barring another, say, 13-win season and ridiculous stats from Rodgers, which feels a bit less likely this year, considering he doesn't have Devontae or Valdez Scantling. Um, how do you feel about Rodgers this season? Do you think we can cross Rodgers off the list as we approach the odds? So it's funny because I just don't think that the Packers are going to be as good only because of the roster. And, you know, Rodgers is a year older and he's been very dependent on some legs, even though people are not going to, you know, use that as, um, you know, talking about him and his career as one of his like better strong suits. But, you know, one of the things I'm going to talk about, one of my other favorite MVPs this year is the fact that he doesn't have the weapons and that he is able to, you know, lead an offense and potentially put up numbers. So I wouldn't cross off Rodgers, like, as a definite not MVP candidate. You know, they could still be one of the top teams in the NFL. And if he does lose his biggest weapon and put up big numbers, you know, the good thing about the NFL is that every year is a different storyline of weapons and and wins and whatnot. So, you know, I... I don't think that the fact that he's won two years, if he does have a season that's caliber, especially with the lack of Adams, I think that gives him an advantage if he puts up similar numbers that Rodgers is capable of. Okay, but you're saying you're kind of more fading the Packers in general as a team, so you might think they're going to be like their over-unders, I think 10.5 wins this season. They do have one of the hardest schedules. You're kind of fading them as a team, and that's kind of why you're not looking at Rodgers in the odds. Yes, exactly. You know, I just don't think that, you know, it goes back to what you were saying about wins and quarterback production. I, I just don't think that they are going to be a 12 to 13 win team. I think Vegas has a right, you know, 10 to 11, maybe nine if some injuries happen, you know, that makes sense. So, yeah, I would take them out of the running in that sense, but anything could happen. Let me ask you another random question. I really just thought of this. Do you think the, the composition of the conferences matters this year because Rodgers is in the NFC? and the NFC is clearly weaker, and the quarterbacks in the AFC this year are just like all-time historic-level talent. Do you think if there's a 12-win team in the AFC and a 12-win team in the NFC, we default to taking the 12-win team in the AFC because of how more difficult the conference is? Hmm. That's that's tough to say, and, and it kind of goes back to the point I was saying about Rodgers. You know, if he's able to take that thir- that Packers team to like 13 wins – with the regression of weapons that he has, then that's why I can't cut him out. But exactly what you just said, since the AFC is going to be an absolute slaughter fest, if you're putting up top-of-the-league numbers and top-of-the-league wins in the AFC as a quarterback, and probably two guys we're about to talk about, then yeah, I, I definitely think you have to give them the edge no matter what. Yeah, I just noticed that you know, I have a little sneak preview to know who you got, who, who your guys are coming up, and you have three AFC quarterbacks. I think that might be a slight edge compared to my picks where I have one and one. Alex, my third question that I invested some research in when handicapping the NFL MVP was, does age matter? Obviously, I am a NBA guy through and through, and in the NBA, the answer is a resounding yes. No player over 30 has won the MVP since Steve Nash did it as a 31-year-old. In the NFL, however, it seems that's not the case. Brady has won it when he was over 40 years old. Manning was 37 when he last won it. And Rodgers was 38 last season. 
So I was like, okay, if you're an old veteran quarterback, you can still be eligible for this award. Kind of the same way when we end up talking about NBA MVP, I'm not going to be considering taking Kevin Durant because he's just too old in comparison to some of the younger guys. So then I asked myself, okay, what about being too young to win? You know, is there, is there a concept of saying these guys aren't ready enough in the league? Are they, do we need to look at the older guys because of the stats that I just gave? And the answer is also no. Mahomes was the youngest player ever to win the award at 24 in 2018, which was then toppled by a 23-year-old Lamar Jackson in 2019. So to me, age does not matter in NFL MVP because we've had, in just the last few years, amongst the oldest and youngest winners of all times. So there does not seem to be any trend in this regard. Um, that's kind of just something I want to explore. I don't really have a question to bounce off of you, but just in my handicapping process, because I know the NBA so through and through, it's very interesting to see how that age correlation comes over to the NFL. No, I'm not, I actually have something that I want. I, I would love to say about this, and, and the fact that you brought in the NBA when I was talking kind of about you know how the NFL is special that there's so much narrative that happens in a season that that plays into a, such a huge part of you know the MVP, and, and that's why age doesn't really matter when it comes to the NBA in age. It's really more to do with just this big three era where all the best players are on teams where they can't really be MVP because they all have two other superstars on their teams. And the guys like Jason Tatum or Morant or, you know, guys that who could be MVP or Booker, whatever it may be, you know, I don't even, I can't even remember who the last MVPs in the NBA, but like, I think it has more to do with that. that those guys are taking their teams. Yeah. Jokic and Jokic, which is, you know, he didn't have Murray. So Murray, so like whatever, but you know, I think that has a lot to do with it too in the NBA in terms of age, because all these guys—Durant and LeBron—probably guys that that should win it. Um, but to go back to football, you know, it's like I said, more of a narrative thing. There's so many factors and 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 storylines and drama and what makes Hard Knocks great and stuff like that 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 plays into a factor as well. So you know. I don't know if I really answered your question, but the NBA part of the corporate. There's 17 games. So these players play every game. And like they said, they have the ball in their hands on every play. So it's it's like in in the NBA, you have players resting. You have as you age, you take nights off. You don't play back to backs. You nurse injuries. You ramp up for the playoffs. In the NFL, it's, hey, you're going once a week. Every game is so important for seeding, for playoff picture, for, you know, tiebreakers divisional races, all these things are wildly important that there are no games off in the NFL. But anyways, let's look at the odds, right? So we're trying to find a QB on the teams we can think win 12-plus games, and and that's how we identify value. So first thing I did when I looked at the odds, like I pulled up the MVP odds, but then Mm -hmm. obviously since it's highly correlated for the reasons we just mentioned – to the other, I also pulled up the Super Bowl winning odds and the odds right. for teams with the best record. So I noticed Josh Allen, Mahomes, Brady are the top three shortest odds to win MVP this season. And those are also the three most likely teams to win the Super Bowl, the Bills, Chiefs, and Bucks. Lo- so are the Bucks the, are the Bucks the most favorite team in the, in the NFC to, to, uh, to come out of the NFC over the Rams? Is that, is that what you're saying? Yes, yeah, they are. They've been the entire time. Ever since, wow. ever since Brady unretired. 
Um, and then along with the Packers, those are three of the four, four shortest odds teams to have the best record in this season this year. So, so the Packers are ahead of the Rams for 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 chances for best record. Yes, I'm not sure about yeah. Super Bowl odds, but that could also bring in schedule and obviously the Rams play in a better division, so they right, have some harder right, games. Right. So and they they just won the Super Bowl, so they have the hardest schedule this season. So got it. That's for best record this season. Super Bowl odds, I could pull those up in a second. But anyways, there's a few discrepancies between team with the best regular season odds and NFL MVP odds. And to me, that's how we identify value, right? What are your thoughts on my gambling theory strategy to compare the lines of teams with the best records with the lines of MVP odds as a source of value? No, that that's spot on. I mean, if you can find players that have absolutely the potential to to be an MVP candidate, and their record is not as high as, let's say, a Josh Allen, who there is a reason why I'm pretty sure he's the overall favorite from the 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 uh, the, the odds you showed me. Um, it, it, that is where you want to try to find your sweet spot in order to get the best bang for your buck. I absolutely agree. So, you ready for my first pick? Let's hear it. My first NFL MVP recommendation is Dak Prescott, 14 to 1. Wow. The Cowboys are the sixth most likely team to have the best regular season in the NFL, while Dak is tied for the eighth longest odds to win MVP. Cowboys are in an atrocious division in the NFC East, where they can theoretically get six wins against the Giants, Eagles. <laughs> And Washington Commanders. Against who? Who was the first team you named? The, the Giants, the Eagles, and the Washington Commanders alone. Oh, I know oh, I'm a Giants just, fan, but they might oh, be okay. very bad this sure. season. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I just said, NFC East, which of course they means they skip the gauntlet of quarterbacks who will be stealing wins from one another in the AFC. Dak has the easiest division, the easier conference, and actually a very easy schedule. The Cowboys ranked 10th easiest schedule, but are number one in rest advantage games. The Cowboys have six games where they have more rest and more prep time or their opponent is on a shorter week than them. Finally, they only have one game where they have less rest. So they have plus six, minus one. They have the most continuity in the past game, season to season. Dak brings back CD, Zeke, Pollard, Schultz, Gallup, while the other NFL uh, Meanwhile, the other NFC quarterbacks with shorter odds than Dak, Rodgers, and Brady, lost weapons, Adams and Scantling for Rodgers, Gronk, A.B. Godwin off the ACL, Evans hurt hamstring for Brady, Dak brings back his weapons, except Amari, and shouldn't have an overly complicated new structure, same coaching staff, he could hit the season running, and Dak Prescott is my first choice for NFL MVP as the Cowboys could be a team with 13-plus wins this season. Honestly, you know, he was my fantasy quarterback last year, so he underperformed, but even though I still won the league by a ton. But any everything you just said, it, it all makes sense. And they do live in probably the worst division in football, besides a couple others that you can argue, AFC South, you know, whatnot. NFC, I can't really say NFC North because of the Green Bay Packers, whatever it may be. And, you know, with all those factors and him being fully healthy, and he did stay healthy last year. I'll give him that as my fantasy quarterback. Yeah. So, like, and he came into the season with the, the shoulder stuff, right? 
Exactly, and, season, and they held him out of camp, and they were on horn. Exactly, he's coming in healthy, and there's no kind of um, question who his number one and two targets going to be. And I'll tell you who his two targets going to be is Dalton Schultz. He's one of the better tight ends in football, and it'll show again. He was my tight end as well um, on that team that I had. Uh, everyone else was stacked, but yeah, those two guys were the worst on the team. But <laughs> regardless, you know everything you just said about the record and his potential stats. And he's been an accurate and productive quarterback throughout his career. And like you said, if you're looking at value for someone who's probably going to win 12 to 13 games and put up stats and have a story, like I kind of was saying before, I actually love that pick. Do you, um, do you want to give your first pick? So my value pick, like my Dak Prescott, in terms of you know team that – Probably will under overperform on their win totals, and this is a guy who is coming into a contract year, and also coming to a part of his career when he probably won't be able to be as used as he is right now, and that's Lamar Jackson. So Lamar Jackson did not sign a contract. He's probably not going to sign this contract, and the Ravens, if people don't remember the year before last year, when they got injured all over the field. The Ravens are a Super Bowl contending type team roster-wise and coaching-wise. John Harbaugh is one of the best coaches in football. There's no doubting that. And Lamar Jackson, at this age, in his point of his career, in a contract year, and in the muscle he's put on, and how he's going to be used because they're going all in before his contract year. There's no reason for them not to. He is a great pick to win MVP because we've seen him put up 3,000 and 1,000-yard rushing season before. And he's only gotten smarter, better, bigger, faster, stronger. And it's for the money now. And it's for the pride after last year being, you know, banged up all throughout the team. So, you know, I think he was at plus 2,000, Mike. And, and I think you had Dak at 1,400. So Lamar is actually a longer shot. But, you know, I actually I think that I actually love happen. it, Alex. I love one that you get longer odds. I get two that he's the complete focal point of that team. Three, you do have that AFC effect where if they're, you know, tied for the most wins in the NFL, but coming from the AFC, you kind of give the edge to Lamar. And then he's already done it. We say these voters are not concerned with giving out repeat awards. And this man has won NFL MVP already, and he's a plus 2,000. We don't need to overthink this too much. I think I will, too, be laying a little bit of juice on the plus 2,000 of Lamar Jackson. I like that a lot. Uh, there is one that we agree on. So let's talk about this. And it's not too sexy because it's the shortest odds on the board, but I think it's still worth talking about because it's Josh Allen at a plus 700. So I'll give you my reasoning and then I'll let you give yours. But yes. Uh, Bills look like they can be dominant again. Again, Jets are... You know, Zach Wilson just got hurt. That's going to be a muddy quarterback situation. Reports the Jets aren't good. You don't need us. You don't need to cushion me. You know, I'm a Jet yeah, fan. Exactly. Jets aren't good. Right. They're not good. They're Reports right. of the Patriots camp is that things aren't looking great with their offense. And me and you both came on the pod last time and gave the under for the Patriots eight and a half wins. So that Correct. means Bills beating them twice in the division. And then you have Tua and the Dolphins. So you get this amazingly stacked team in a already weak division where he, again, complete focal point of the team. This team passes on first down more than any other team. 
he can run to. He's probably going to get five or six rushing touchdowns this season. If you compare the odds for the Super Bowl with odds for the MVP, the Bills are a plus 600 for the Super Bowl, but Allen is a plus 700 for the MVP. So you get some better, better and longer odds by taking the MVP route. And then I did some math on this, right? And it just kind of feels to me that if you play this season over seven times, like if you can repeat the 2022 NFL season seven times over in a vacuum, if simulator, Josh Allen wins at least one of the MVPs. Like the Bills season goes as well as it could at least one of these times where they win the Super Bowl or, you know, he's the clear guy. They're a 14 and three team. We always have to remember there's 17 games now. So the plus 700 implies a probability of 14% that Allen wins MVP. The bill, the books are pricing the bills at 17% chance that they have the best record. And he doesn't have to be the best. He could be a top two or three team in the NFL and still win because he is such the focal point of that offense at plus 700. I still think this has value. Last season, we came into the year with Mahomes as the shortest odds at plus 400. So the fact that we're getting nearly double that in the, in the favorite this season in plus 700 is, I think, a number that we need to take now before the season starts and they, the bills get rolling and that starts to drop rapidly. Literally could not agree more. One, you know, in the intro, I said how this is the time to start taking players, right? So if Josh Allen goes out there week one, they blow a team out, and he throws for 500 yards and rushes for 100 yards, the odds are going to go to plus 125. Yeah, it'll be plus plus 300 after week one and never never look back at a plus 700. Exactly. It'll never look back. And look, we talked about before about people winning MVP based off of historical records. And that combined with, you know, if you're doing that and having one of the best records in the NFL and having one of the best records in the AFC, which is absolute, you know, crapshoot in terms of how competitive it is. And I honestly think that this is the perfect storm for Josh Allen to have, you know, Mahomes' type 5,000 passing yard plus season where he was MVP. Like, Mahomes, I mean, Allen could potentially have an all-purpose yards, all-time season for the NFL, while his team is the first uh, seed in the AFC, their roster, uh, being an AFC East fan and following all the other teams in the AFC East, is absolutely loaded. And this is the perfect storm for Josh Allen, coming off a bad loss when their team was primed to win a Super Bowl and then not letting up all season long because of the sting of that loss and understanding that this is his time, I honestly think we're going to see an absolutely historic season from Josh Allen. And, you know, even though he's going to tear us up for like 40 to 10 like he did last year's season mm-hmm. twice, he's going to do it again. It's actually going to be a pleasure to watch as a football fan, and he's he's going to win MVP. Yeah, this is a this is a situation where, like, if all things go right for the Bills, this, this award could be over by, like, week 10. Like, we could just – this stuff could be wrapped up, the narrative – the sports centers, Instagrams, 12 of the last 13 posts are Josh Allen pictures and highlights and clips on social media of him getting off the plane. And it's just so narrative. Bills, Bills, Bills. Bills Mafia is a story. We get all the fans cracking tables in the parking lot. This, this, take the plus 700 now. I don't normally bet a favorite for MVP. 
I will not be doing that in the NBA discussion that we have as based on my quick look at those odds. But again, hmm. take it now, plus 700, Josh Allen. Alex, is there one other quarterback that you wanted to give? I'm pretty sure you had on your list uh, someone yeah. I consider to be a close homie of mine. So talk about so talk about Mahomes. <laughs> I see what you I see what you did there. <laughs> so listen, I obviously just showed my cards and who I do definitely think is going to win MVP. But it, you know, injuries or factors, whatever it may be, there's another guy that I think has a great chance that's not long odds. You know, Lamar is probably the guy I would put money on second, but. You know, there's another guy that I think absolutely has a chance, and it's kind of ties into what I said about Rodgers, about lack of weapons and regression of weapons. And it's Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is easily one of the best and most electrifying quarterbacks we've ever seen. You know, he has some of that Favre in him. He has some of that Rodgers in him. He has some of that Manning in him. And, like, he could absolutely tear the league apart again because he hasn't made the Super Bowl, and, and he probably wanted to win two or three right now. And someone who was a fan of him as a player, I thought he might have had two or three by now after that, you know, first run. So, like, if he's putting up close to 6,000 passing yards with the weapons that he has, Juju Smith-Smith is a good receiver. He's not great. Um, you know, no Tyreek Hill now. Kelsey's a year older. You know, if he literally takes his game to another level than he already has and they're a 13-win team in the, in the AFC mm-hmm. and they say, you know, Chiefs roster isn't what the Bills roster is, and, and, and Mahomes was the better quarterback. Was he more valuable? Whatever it may be, that is the second person that I would say is is value on chalk money for sure. Yeah, he's plus 800 time, tied with Tom Brady right now. I'm just looking at a few of the other ones before I get into our last topic, Alex. Justin Herbert plus 900. If all things go right for the Chargers, Herbert could win this award, but again, if all things go right for the Chargers, I actually like Brandon Staley to win Coach of the Year at plus 1,400 instead because the analytics guys love him. He always goes for it on fourth down. So, if, you know, if the Chargers end up getting 13 wins, I think they win Coach of the Year more than MVP. Um, okay, let me, let me ask you this, though, Michael, because yeah. I, I, I think you're right. You know, if the Chiefs fall, right? If the Chief, if they are better than the Chiefs, right, then Herbert goes ahead of Mahomes, correct? So so here's the thing. If the Bills are good and and the Chargers are good, and then you look at, you know, Herbert with Eckler and Allen and that defense, and then and Allen's putting up bigger numbers though, like do you really think that Herbert can eclipse Mahomes and Allen? No, I would exactly. This is a, I completely agree. I would be betting MVP Allen, Coach of the Year Brandon Staley. Yeah, I agree with the Staley pick. If they're thirteen, there's just no reason to team, bet yes. Herbert. If Herbert wins MVP, I think Staley also wins Coach of the Year. It'll be like a combo Correct. pick. So why not just invest all of that money into Staley because you're getting? I agree. That that's kind of what I was thinking, and I'm glad you, you you picked right up on that. No, Staley at, at Coach of the Year if he gets twelve to thirteen wins. And it's totally doable. That that's a great roster, and Herbert's an unbelievable quarterback, and those weapons and defense are you know all around. So I actually love that Staley pick. Yeah, right now Staley is the favorite for Coach of the Year, tied with uh, three other brand new coaches in Brian Dayball, Doug Peterson, and Kevin O'Connell. So he's the only wow. Real, he's you know what's funny? You know what's funny? The narrative. Go ahead. What's funny? You know, no, it, it's not necessarily funny, but. 
the one I was expecting you to say was Hackett. Okay, so he's he's tied with them actually. He's just a little bit okay, lower and okay. tied with them, and so is Dan Campbell. It's crazy. Okay. So if those are yeah. the six coaches that have the the you know the narrative going for them into the season, to me it's a no brainer to go with the Chargers. Okay, so that's kind of our tangent off the other quarterbacks that are at the top of the list for um, NFL MVP. Alex, the last thought to this, and I know I started off this discussion with we got to look for quarterbacks on winning teams. However, there is always or seems to usually be one or two non-quarterback guys that have such a monster season that it literally implants them into the MVP conversation. Who These guys are like, you know, the people who are absolutely crushing fantasy football and have such that narrative behind them. Um if you take a position player like this, you can get such long odds. And just by having a little bit of juice on that guy, if you have the right guy who's a position player, you don't need to have the right quarterback going into the season because as the season quarterback narrative develops, you can so easily hedge off your like 300 to 1 on Najee or something like that immediately and and you can know you can lock in a Brady when he becomes the favorite or Rodgers when he's a minus 300 or Allen at a minus 500 in week 11 you can still take them knowing that the other guy in the race is Najee because the Steelers are crushing and he's the guy there so right this was Jonathan Taylor last year this was Cooper Cup last year they were both over a 500 to 1 odds going into the season and in the final week's were amongst the three or four names left on the table. So I know you had both of them in fantasy, and that's why you won the league. Ha <laughs> Thank you. You know, I you know, I didn't have to mention it. You already did you it for it. me. Thank you. So I'm saying having a ticket on a guy like that can essentially lock in profit when you hedge the right quarterback. There seems to be an example of this nearly every season. Last year, Taylor Cup, 2019 CMC, 2018 Todd Gurley, 2016 David Johnson. So my question to you, Alex, who is the long shot guy this year that's not a quarterback that we should put money on? You know, I, I actually, we, we briefly talked about this a few days ago about what, we, what we're going to talk about today. And I said, you know, Jonathan Taylor was the only option. Cooper Cup could still be an option if the Rams win as many games as they do and Stafford throws as many picks as he does. I, I just think that Cooper Cup is unfortunately going to lose some production because of Allen Robinson, but that's a discussion for another day. If I was going to put like all my eggs in one basket, it'd be Jonathan Taylor. And, you know, we talked just to, we, we we talked about, you know, why quarterbacks win MVP, you know, they're the best player on, on the best team. If the Colts with Matt Ryan can be competent at quarterback and not make mistakes late in game, and, and win three more games than they did last year with Ryan than Wentz because Ryan is a, an MVP of himself yep, one, exactly. back in the day. He's been, he's, you know, he's been he, said in this conversation. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and he doesn't turn the ball over. So if, if he's actually – and I just looked up right before, you know, I knew a question was coming. I looked up the Colts all, offensive line. It still is absolutely one of the best in the league. And Jonathan Taylor is right next to Derrick Henry as the best running back in the league. I'm a Badger fan um, growing up. My family, they went to Wisconsin. So I've been following him throughout his entire career. I could not believe that he was not a first-round pick. You know, he is the only option because if he has another close to 2,000-yard season 
and 10 or 14 plus touchdowns, and the Colts are a 12 win team, and you know things could go wrong with a with a Allen or a Mahomes. Who knows? Position player wise, that is the safest and best, and it's chalk, unfortunately, again. But you know, you're asking me what's the value. I still see JT as the value. Are you a little concerned with the recent quotes from Frank Wright being like? We don't need to give the ball to Jonathan Taylor 30 times. We can give it to him 10 times. All he cares about is that we win. We don't need to be the most run-heavy offense. Run-heavy offenses don't win Super Bowls, he said. You know, we have to be balanced. Does that kind of scare you, or is that just preseason shenanigans, and when the game's close, they give their best player the ball, and he's that guy? That That's me knowing that if I ever sat down and played poker with Frank Wright, that he would get absolutely rocked. That is him <laughs> saying to other teams in the league, hey, don't stack the box against us. We're going to throw a lot. We're not going to use our top offensive line and throw to our subpar receivers with our old quarterback. No. So this They're man, going to this run man's the ball. This, man's, you're this man is bluffing <laughs> as hard as you can bluff, and I would take all of his money so fast. I love that. All right. Jonathan Taylor is a 60-1. to 1. Again, it's a chalk for a position player, but it's still 60-1. to 1. Cooper Cup, who you mentioned, is 100-1. to 1. I'm going to give you mine, my two. They, I just mentioned Najee at 300 to 1. He's going to be an absolute workhorse. So if you're talking about a guy like similar to that AP season who simply will have the opportunity and the workload to get 2,000 yards if the production lines up with the volume, he could be that guy. So I think laying a... So let me ask you this, Mike, yeah. because, because you know I obviously said I was pretty high on the Steelers because I thought that Mitch you know, would end up being good and Tomlin being good. Right. You know, you think they're probably, you know, 11 to eleven to 10, maybe a 12 win team, right? So you're saying Najee 2,000 yards, but Najee is also going to catch 60 passes. Right, so it could be an all-purpose Najee, situation. Do you, uh, so if he's over, so, so that's what I'm saying. What do you think the all-purpose yardage for him needs to be in a 10 to 11 game season? For him to be able to compete with some of these quarterbacks that might win 12 to 13 games. Yeah, because, again, like you said, you're an over on the Steelers guy. I'm actually an under on the Steelers guy. But I do think if we get the Steelers' best possible season, this is this could be a scenario where we get Najee right. MVP. Um, right. They're, they're, they don't have a good quarterback, so they do not have a quarterback narrative. They have a stacked defense, so they have so many defensive players who are just going to be a dominant defense. They have Tomlin, who's a super consistent coach. And I just think, listen, Najee could have 18 or 1700. Like he could have 2,500 all purpose yards. Like that Chris Johnson, CJ two K season. Like he was. No, I think so. I think you're right. And, and I, and, and, and the only concern is, is the wins of games. And I've taken them as the over, but you know, if he has the, he's an unbelievable player. I mean, he did crazy things last year receptions, all-purpose, run, and he will be the offense, and the quarterback play will be subpar. So I actually really like that as a flyer. It's a good, it's a really good pick. My second one is Devontae Adams, 200-1. to 1. I just think if the Raiders win that division, like if the Raiders become a story this season and like they end up taking the division, which I think is a super long shot, which is why Devontae Adams, 200-1, to 1, is the way to play that long shot, not to play their, like, plus 700 on the division. But if the Raiders end up being an unreal team, this man is going to get the clout as, like, he's maybe one of the best receivers of all time. If 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 he's that guy and Carr puts up Rodgers-like numbers, 
Then and Car- and Carr's also on a contract season. I think you think he's got one more year left after this one. And the coaching staff is kind of evaluating new coaching staff being there. Is Carr going to be their guy for the future? So Carr is going to be looking to be putting up numbers. Adams is going to be his go-to guy. Again, I think if the Raiders are unreal, it's Devontae Adams who simply gets the clout, and 200-1 to is worth the flyer. Am I saying that Devontae Adams wins MVP this season? Not really, but I think that means he could be in the names of final two or three people once we come down the stretch, and then again, if we have the Bills dominating or the Cowboys dominating, you can then hedge to your Josh Allen or your Dak or something else that we haven't said yet. So, so I actually have some quick thoughts on that, and, and you know how I just loved your not Najee flyer. I, I hate the Devonte Adams flyer, and <laughs> I told you about how I thought. Well, first of all, let me say this: before the last like three years, I thought the best wide receiver no holds barred in the NFL was Julio Jones. Before that, Calvin Johnson. The last three years, Devonte Adams, and now combined, it's Cup and Adams. So Devonte Adams is easily one of the is one of the best players in the NFL, but Carr is going to be better than ever. He has so many weapons. When he does have weapons and is healthy, he actually can be efficient. With Waller and Adams and Renfro running in the slot, getting open, Jacobs and Drake and Monroe, who's their backup tight end, they're going to be a very good team. And I just don't see Devontae Adams having 1,800 yards with like an Aaron Rodgers type staring him down who's just like an absolute wizard with the ball and you can just throw it no matter what. Um, so, you know, I actually disagree with that. And I will mention real quick that Derek Carr would probably be my other flyer in quarterback wise after Lamar. Yeah. Um, for those reasons. Yep. That's again, 200 to one. I think it's worth a flyer. Uh, I don't agree that Carr would be the story. I think Adams would be the story. Um, but again, we just simply disagree on that one. No, hey, we deal. agree and we disagree. We, agree on, we agree on Najee. We agree on Josh Allen. We agree on Lamar. We agree on maybe Dak worth a small flyer too. Dak is my honestly one. the the thing that I thought that you said, and and, and I think we're probably going to get into it another time about Coach Year, the the Charger Stanley thing. That is uh that that was a really good pick. I, yeah, I I'm really starting to think about Herbert, that. But going with Staley instead, it's just exactly. it, it, it's the no, same storyline but better odds. Right. Exactly. No, it's that's a, that's a fire pick. I like that a lot. All right, man. Well, thank you for coming on today. I appreciate it. Next week, we will get into some other form of awards or long shot player props, whether it be defensive player of the year. We could we could do a longer deep dive into coach of the year if we want to. There's these stupid like AP NFL offensive player of the year, which just means who's the position player that's not a quarterback that's going to win the award, which is just the yeah, stupidest nope. thing. <laughs> <laughs> but again, we'll, we'll, we'll come up with some fun topics and uh, be back next week. And we are, what, like two and a half, three weeks away from the first Thursday football? Let's freaking go! I, yeah, no, I'm, so, I'm so ready. I think it's like three Sundays coming up since all that met life. But uh, <laughs> I will say this. We can go quickly on those AP Offensive Player of the Year type things. Those will just be fun. But what I said before when we just talked about this MVP, if you are looking to bet on the MVP, do it after the third preseason game. After the first week, the lines are going to shift based on whatever performance happens. So if you believe in something like a Josh Allen and he's going to have a giant week week one, I would get in as soon as possible, wait after the week three preseason game so there's no injuries that are like 
going to make it crazy, but get it in before the season. Yeah, and if we find out that Josh Allen isn't even playing in the week two preseason game, throw it in then. Boom, exactly. Done. Like he might not even like My, he might not even play in preseason. Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. That I think I think that is a, I think that is a good good idea for some of these guys that will get some reps like Dak Prescott will get some reps in the preseason. Lamar might not. So, right. Wait till you hear some of these stories drop because the odds aren't going to change based on preseason activity. Uh, it's only going to change if there's an injury. So if you want to wait yeah. out the injury and get in before week one on a healthy player, I think that's a great yeah, point. Yeah, get, get, get him, get him before week one because it, it'll change every. The week. narrative starts right then, baby. It'll start louder than right ever. Week one. NFL season, it's the best soap opera in the best soap opera in America, baby. Let's go! I can't wait. All right, bud. I will talk to you soon. Thanks again. Can't wait. Yeah, talk to you next week, buddy. Love you. Oh, 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 oh,